Uh, we're going to continue our series on names of Jesus, and this morning we're going to be talking about Jesus, the Word of God. And so we're going to be starting in, well, we're going to be re- referring throughout the morning uh, to, to John chapter 1, and it says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, on its own, that sounds a bit confusing, doesn't it? You know, we, look, we read that and we think, what on earth does that mean? But it goes on, and it explains a little bit more. And by the time we get down to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so, when we put those two things together, it's clear um, that um, the Word refers to the Son of God. Uh, Jesus made flesh, dwelt among us, we've seen him. That's what, it, what, that's what they're saying. It's, it's the Son of God. And a couple of weeks ago, David was preaching, and he, and he referred to this same passage. And he was talking about how Jesus was from the beginning of time, and he walked somewhere over, over there to, to illustrate the sort of time, time distance. He was before the beginning of time, and he will be after the end of time. And so he, he demonstrated that. And that's um, one of the things about the Word. It was there at the beginning, and it's going to be there at the end, and so on. That's what the Son of God is like. Um, but even, even before his incarnation, we see um, the Son of God being a word, a voice to his creation. So all through time, we see God coming from time to time and bringing a word, putting a word, putting a word, and using his Son to do that. John 1 verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. And so all those occurrences in the Old Testament where we see God showing up, and having a word to say for, for, for man. It can't be the Father, because no one's seen the Father. So it must be a, a pre-incarnate uh, re- uh, manifestation of the Son of God. And so we see him walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the garden. We see him talking to Abraham. We see him wrestling and talking with Jacob. We see him speaking from the burning bush to Moses, and so on, and so on, and so on. And it seems that when God's got something important to speak over creation that he sends his word, his son, to be his voice. And so Jesus is the word, and the word keeps coming out through time, over and over again. The son keeps coming and speaking into mankind, speaking into creation. So let's start with creation, shall we? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so from that on its own, you can see that, that Jesus uh, is not a created being. He's part of the Godhead because nothing uh, was, was made. Um, without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so Jesus, he's part of the Godhead. He's not part of creation. He's part of the, the creator team that created this world. Colossians 1, 15 to 17 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, see, Jesus is an important part. The Word, the Son of God, is an important part of the creative acts. Creation, it's an act of the Trinity. We've got God the Father involved. We've got the Holy Spirit brooding over creation. And we've got the Word of God speaking creation into being. In Genesis, 
uh, we, see, we see the word in creation. Each time there's a creative act, God speaks into creation. So God says, let there be light. So the word comes and says, let there be light. And there was light. And it's good. Then God says, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that's what happened. And it's good. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so that ground ground may appear. And that's what happened. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation and so on. Throughout creation, we see the word of God coming. Let there be. And there was. Let there be. And there was. You know, I'm, I'm a creative person. I like to do creative things. Sometimes I paint. Sometimes I make things. Sometimes I do video stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, and so I just thought I'd, I'd try this and paint you a picture this morning using only the power of my voice. And so um, let there be sky. Let there be grass. Let there be a nice little meandering river flowing through. Let there be little itsy-bitsy sheep. Okay, well, that didn't work. Um, because I'm not God. Um, and when I do creative things, I've got to sit down. If I want to paint a picture, I sit down with a pencil. I draw it all out. I have to mix my paints. I have to work out my colors. I have to put the colors on the paper and so on. And eventually, after many, many, many hours, I might come up with something that's okay. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be perfect in the sense that God makes things perfect and good. But it'll be okay. It'll not be bad. Some people might say, oh, I like that. And that's, you know, that's good enough sometimes, isn't it? Um, but I can't speak and things come into being in that sense. But God says, let there be light, and there is light. God says, let there be, and there is. That word, let there be, literally means exist. Exist. So God says, exist light, and light existed. Now, just think about the power of those two words for a moment. You know, it's not just that somebody's turned the light. You know, sometimes we have a little joke, you know, we go switch the light on and we go, let there be light. You know, we haven't really created light, we've just turned the light on. When God creates light, he creates the full spectrum of electromagnetic radiation. Yeah? He creates physics. He, he sets the speed of light at 299,792,858 meters per second. Something like that, anyway. That's, that's what Wikipedia says. Um, he creates diffraction. He creates refraction. He creates photons. He creates thermodynamics. He creates waves. He, cre- he creates particles. And he mixes them up and creates light. And in all of that, he, he creates confusion for A-level physics students. That's the power of God's word. He speaks, and not only just does something appear, but all the things that need to hold that in place and make it work are created when he speaks out that word, exist. Exist, you know, when he says, you know, exist vegetation, exist animals, and all those things, just think of the biology he's creating, the chemistry he's creating, all those things, all the, the things that, that we think we take for granted as, as being the rules of our universe, he creates with those simple words, exist exist. That is the power of God's word. And then the word becomes flesh. Uh, Verse 14 says, the word become flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. That word flesh literally means meat. You know, incarnation means 
You know, the, the, the carnation bit of meat. It's it carne, isn't it? It's meat. You know, God puts on a meaty form. He puts on a bodily form. So, you know, you think about when, when God creates man, he creates him body, soul, and spirit. But when he comes to earth and he's incarnated, you know, what he needs is, is the body bit. The rest of it, he's got, he's, he's, he's cramming the whole of the fullness of God, TARDIS-like, into this human body and restricting it in this human body, if you like. And then, on top of that, he fills it up with grace and truth. And then it's born. He's born as a helpless babe in Bethlehem. That's what it means when the Word became flesh. The God, all of God, the fullness of God, somehow condenses itself down into bodily, meaty, fleshy form. And he becomes flesh so that he can complete the one act that only he um, can fulfill, to be a sacrifice for our sins. To speak some new words over man, to speak love, to speak forgiveness, to speak life. John 1, 12, verse, uh, to, John 1, verses 12 to 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He came in flesh in order to die on a cross to save us from our sins. The powerful word of God, the word that spoke out creation and creation happened, existed, became a baby, became a man, died on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven. That is the word, love, life, forgiveness that God speaks out through Jesus. The word also reveals the Father. John 14, verses 9 to 10. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. When Jesus came to earth and starts to, to, to work through his ministry, he's demonstrating what God's really like. He's demonstrating uh, the, what the Father's like. And words are, are a, a primary way that we communicate uh, as human beings. Um, so the word, as the word, Jesus, is God's supreme way of showing us what God is like. Now, there used to be a song, I think it was, I think it was a Kojak used to sing it, Telly Savalas, he used to sing, if a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you? You know, and think about it, if you try and describe something, it needs a certain number of words. If you paint something, you, you can look at that and you can see the words that you need to uh, that, that describe the thing better. So um, a picture somehow goes a little bit further. Maybe a video might go a little bit further still because you'd see a little bit more. I don't know if you've seen that advert where, where there's somebody um, trying to put in their insurance claim and they're saying, well, uh, this, this horse in a dress ran out. Um, and it was followed by a tin man in a dress, and he was chasing the horse, and, and they go on, and it, g it gives this description of what's going on, and they think this guy's gone mad, but then you see the video from the, from the, from the camera in the car, and you say, oh, it's a, knight on, it's a knight who's lost his horse, somehow he must be doing some reenactment somewhere, the horse has run across the road, and now the man's 
running after him. And, and you, all of a sudden, you can see what it makes sense. And when Jesus came, he came to make sense out of all the things that God had been saying, all those words that had been spoken all through, all through uh, the Old Testament, all through the generations, now start to make sense because you can start to see what it really is. And, and even better than a video... He comes in human form. He comes and he lives with people. And he dwells with people. And he does life with people. And people see what he's really like. And they see what he does. And they start to realize, yeah, that's what God's really like. And that's why Jesus came. To demonstrate, or one of the reasons why he came, to demonstrate what the Father is like. John 14 verses 9 to 10 says, anyone who is... Seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show you him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 3. And now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to his Son as an inheritance and through the Son he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by his mighty power of his command. And so if you want to know what God's really like, get the Gospels out. Get reading what Jesus was like. Study what he did. Study what he said. Study what he, what, what, what he said. And that will give you a, a real good impression of what God is really like. In John 1, the, the word uh, for word is, is logos. And in the Greek, that means mind counsel, a whole understanding. And so Jesus, when he comes, enables us to understand the things of God and also have wisdom in living life. That understanding comes by revelation. Human reasoning alone can't understand God, but God brings it to us by revelation. Ephesians 1, 7 to 10 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So, God, so Jesus, the word, reveals the Father. I want to think a little bit about the power of the Word. You know, we've had so much this morning about the power of God and the power of the Word. Um, Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by, his might, by the mighty power of His command. And so, not only is God creative, not only does He speak, and the universe comes into existence. Not only does he speak and there's light, not only does he speak, but all the, the things that we know of that have been created are created. But his voice, by his voice, he sustains things. He keeps them. He keeps everything running. He keeps everything held together and ticking over. The word of God heals as well. Matthew um, chapter 8, verses 5 to 10, there's an interesting story there about a Roman centurion. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this 
because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And I, and I say to my slaves, do this, and they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Say the word, and it will be done. Say the word. And if you read on, Jesus does that very thing, and, and the servant is, is healed. God's word brings life. We, we know the story of Lazarus and how he's been dead in the grave for three days. And Jesus goes up to the, to, to the tomb and just says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus immediately is raised back to life and he comes stumbling out of the grave and they have to get him out of all his grave clothes and everything and unwrap him because the word of God has spoken into his life and raised him back to life. You know, this morning, uh, we can release the Word of God by speaking it over and into situations when our words are what God says about a particular thing. John 14, verse 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You know, when we become Christians, Christ dwells in us. That's what, it's, that's what it's all about. It's about knowing the forgiveness of God and knowing Christ living within us. And if Christ is the word of God, then when we become Christians, that word, the word of God, is living in us. And so the same power, the same word that spoke and said, let there be light, exist light, and there was light, lives in us. And when we get in tune with what God's saying, when we listen for his voice, when we hear what he's saying about a situation, we have the authority to speak out what God is saying into a situation and knowing that the same power that brought the universe into existence is the same power behind the words that we are speaking out into, that, into those situations. And so I want to encourage you to get in tune with God. I want you to encourage you to get in tune with the heart of God, to listen to what he wants to say, and then to speak it out. If the worship group want to come back, we're going to just wind this up now. So I want to ask you this morning, what word do you need to hear for your situation, for where you are this morning? You know, there are pow there's power in the word of God. There's power in the word that lives in us, that there's existence creating power in the word. And so we're going to speak some words out into situations this morning. And there's some words, hopefully, yeah, on the screen at the back. Um, when I was preparing this morning, um, I wasn't preparing this morning, when I was actually in the bath this morning, thinking about this morning, thinking about um, some of the things we might say, I just felt that um, one of the things was... was, was that I didn't put on here before, was the word freedom. Freedom. And we've already had this morning several people talking about, well, we've had songs about being chained and set free. We've had people talking about being set free from chains. And I just feel this morning there might be people who feel that maybe you're bound up, that you've been either chained or, or roped up around your wrists and you, you can't do the things that you should be doing because circumstances or, or, or whatever, that the, the enemy has tried to hold you back, tried to 
chain you up, try to tie you down so that you cannot be everything that he wants you to be. And I believe this morning there are people that God wants to set free and release from those chains and from those ropes this morning. And so we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to shout some words out. But what I would like you to do is if, if, if any of these words um, relate to where you are in your situation, that, that you shout them back. You know, that you shout in, those words into your, you know, shout them into your situation. So, for example, we'll start with life. And if, if there are situations where you feel that you need life in a particular aspect of your, of your life, uh, then we'll speak that out uh, into your situation. So I'm going to count to three. I'm going to shout out the word life. If that's something that will be helpful to you, shout it back. We'll then move on to the next one, which is health, then peace, then reconciliation, and then freedom. Okay? So... One, two, three. Life. One, two, three. Health. One, two, three. Peace. One, two, three. Reconciliation. One, two, three. Freedom. So in the name of Jesus, we, we claim life, health, peace, reconciliation, freedom for those people who are here this morning and for, for us as well who've been preaching, leading, singing, whatever we've been doing. We, we claim those things and we speak those words with the same power that created the universe. We claim those things, life, health, peace, reconciliation, freedom. And if there's anything else that you want to shout out over your own situation, then do that. And then we're going to move into time of just finishing off with, with Andy's leading worship.